Welcome to Adama Stars, Naked Truths. My name is Junior and I'm a filmmaker, an entrepreneur, a husband to an amazing wife and a father of two wonderful children. The purpose of this podcast is to share my and other people's life experiences to help equip us with the tools necessary to get through trauma. So my earliest memory is me and my brother that you know standing naked on you know in a, on a front door watching the man that I called my father dragging my mother by her hair outside on the floor while I was pouring petrol on her in broad daylight for the whole world to see threatening to really to to burn her um, because she's a witch and even to this day I can still smell the petrol I, I can I can hear the screams and yeah that is a I think you know, as a as a child, you don't really question certain things. You know, you just accept it as being normal. That's okay. You know, that's what it is. But only when you get older, and you know, you have a family of yourself, and you know, or, you know, you you start dating people. Do these traumatic events start flooding back to you? You know, um, you know, and a few late, a few, you know, years later, you know, you know, there was, there was times whereby my mother would come back home and, and with shopping and because obviously we, we were starving, we wanted food and my dad, who was a, Heavy smoker, and when I mean smoker, I mean heavy in maybe a little bit of cocaine, um, and a big drinker would you know, run out, see my mother, beat her up in broad daylight, grab the shopping, come back in, throw it on the floor, said, "There's your food," and my mum would just be there on the floor outside screaming crying, blooded up, you know, and as a child, you just don't know what to make of any of these sort of events, you know, and nobody's there to do anything, say anything, you know, tell you otherwise. And again, you think it's normal. I remember there was times whereby I would come home. I actually spent, I think, majority of well, half of my, well, a large portion of my primary school education actually in home at home, looking after my brothers and sisters or bunking school, um, because either my mother wasn't at home, and because there's five of us. 
and I'm the oldest. Majority of my siblings were at home. Um, and then, you know, if, because there was no adults at home, it was, I was the adult. I, you know, I had to go out real quick, you know, um, and there was one specific time whereby I came home, I ran home and my mother had overdosed and she was stark naked. First time I've ever seen a, you know, a naked person, but stark naked, laying on the floor. Um, and then I had my, my little baby sister who's maybe about maybe 16 months or something like that, crying because she's hungry. And obviously I don't know what to do. You know, I think back in the day we were using SMA or something like that. I had to put my finger in the mouth just to kind of, you know, do something and I had to run downstairs. I, there was there was SMA everywhere. It was it was an absolute mess, you know. And but that was normal, you know. That was normal, you know. Nobody, nobody did anything. Nobody said anything, you know. As you just grow up, and that was normal day. We spent up until the age of maybe about eleven. 11, 12, we spent the majority of our time hungry. So we, we probably didn't eat much. There was hardly any food in the home. So I had to go out and still, you know, shoplift, you know, on many occasions to make sure that at least my children, my brothers and sisters, my children, my brothers and sisters could actually, could actually eat and, you know, but again, that was normal. Yeah. Um, no, I think what there was another instance whereby I woke up and my my mother was screaming down the house, and the person that I called my father at the time was drunk, and I think he tried to, you know push himself onto my mother um, while I was beating her up and everything like that. He had his trousers half down and and then for some crazy reason my seven year old self decided that enough was enough and I, I pushed my father and this was like a a big thing because it's like yo he's a juggernaut oh my gosh i'm gonna get killed because most of the time my father would beat me into i blacked out most of the times yeah, with his metal belt he would beat me like yeah i got a good beating you know so i expected to be beaten again by, I think it was maybe about one o'clock in the morning, and I just opened the bedroom door and I charged, charged my father and pushed him over. My mother, my mother ran out, out the house, into, into the dark outside, and 
um, I didn't see her till the next morning and I just stood there looking at my, my father bewildered that one I just did this and two I know I'm going to get beaten I know I know I know it's not going to end well for me and he just laughed and he's like I was just messing about and I just went back to bed you know um, you know and it's it's interesting because I don't really have many beautiful memories growing up. You know, I think there was one memory whereby the whole family, you know, me and siblings, my father, my mother, we were um, watching TV, dancing in the living room, and we were having a great time, and we just acting, you know, just playing around, you know, it's just, it was a beautiful moment. And, and then seconds later, some group of guys kicked in the front door. Um, and yeah, they just kicked in the front door and they just grabbed my dad and said, you owe, you owe us money. And then my mother, you know, tried to intervene and they slapped and pushed my mother to the floor. And then their friend said, you don't even do anything. And then they grabbed my dad, they beat him up, they took him away. And we were all in shock to look at each other. Fast forward the next day, we get a call to say that your your dad's in the hospital. So like, what? What's happened? So we go all the way to the hospital and Yeah, he's been, his fists have been sliced, his face has been sliced, he's been stabbed several times and left to bleed out. He owed money to a group of people and he had to pay, the, pay them back and yeah, they almost took his life. And you know, and despite all the The negativity that I may have towards my parents. They were my heroes. I didn't do any better, you know. And I thought the way that we were living is normal. There's loads of these sort of memories that, you know, I look back on and I say to myself, my gosh, I could have lost at any one time. I think there was times whereby I did want to, yeah, I did want to take my life because, you know, it was tough, you know. I would just cry sometimes, you know. It's like, nobody's here. Nobody's, nobody cares. Nobody can see anything. We're hungry. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, this was, your life was... Up until the age of 11, 12, before I moved in with my auntie, who saved our lives, me and my siblings. Life was, yeah, 
I think tough would be on the statement. You know, but I definitely feel that life was, was questionable, you know, whether you want to keep on going, you know, if is, is this all, you know, it's, it would have been easy to join the gangs and, you know, do anything just to numb what I was going through. And I think the only reason why I didn't go towards that kind of side and go to, you know, to the, to the road is because I had brothers and sisters, because there was nobody at home. I had to be that guy, that person to kind of look after them because no one else would. But if I didn't have younger siblings, uh, yeah, that life would have so been my reality. Now, I wanted to stop here in my story to share three main observations or understanding that I got out of my life experiences that I've shared thus far. Firstly, despite the obvious, I believe my parents did their best. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow because I still feel the scars of their failures in my life today. But I also accept that they had you know, challenges, which we all do, that they didn't feel that they had the tools to overcome, even though options did exist. The reason why I share this is that, you know, many people have reached out to me saying, oh, you know, do, you know, do I hate my parents? Or, you know, how was I able to take the path that I have taken today? And how do I keep on going? You know, the honest truth is, I don't know, you know, you know, if, if I talk from the perspective where I am now, my, my opinion is different to that of when I was a child. But I think, you know, even from a young age, I've always loved breathing and I've always had to fight, literally, you know, so I've always had to fight for my food, you know, I always fought because I had an ego, had to fight to survive and look after my family, fighting just became the norm. Nothing was ever given to me but life. So I learned from a young age to take what I and my siblings needed to survive. Also, I think my faith in God played a massive role in, in allowing me to hope for a better life, as well as my ability to imagine a new reality that I wanted to live a new life whereby pain wasn't there, whereby hunger wasn't possible, whereby my parents actually wanted us and truly loved each other. Secondly, my parents were desperate and desperate people do questionable things that aren't rational. So the other day I was on set and you know, I was having this conversation with a fellow crew member who had a one dimensional take on prisoners. Um, I think the main reason for this conversation is because we were in a prison. Anyway, um, he said, you know, all criminals deserve to be in jail, that they're all menaces. And I had to stop him and say, yo, bro, like, you can't, you know, like, see the bigger picture, you know? You know, what you need to understand is that it's easy to paint everybody with the same brush without knowing their realities. You stand there talking when you have always had food, you know, you've always, you know, you've always been in an environment whereby 
you've had peace and there's not anarchy, you know, whereby the fear of being violated or even killed aren't actual realities, but are fictional ideas foreign to your life. Your opinion, even though I'm tied to it, as we all are, is one is one dimensional as you know, you have never had to suffer. You know, people do dumb things because some people are desperate. The kind of the conversation kind of awkwardly ended, you know, she went separate ways because there was a kind of unspoken agreement or awareness that mm, maybe there is more to it than just needs to die. But I think, look, honestly, look, my point is that my parents were desperate and mentally broken due to the poor choices that they had to, that they made in life thus far, you know, and, you know, what it has taught me is the importance of having options in life and operating out of an overflow and not from the source. And lastly, being mentally and physically present to those that matter is so vital. My parents weren't present because their problems were bigger than their responsibilities to raise their children. Now, being a father, it's made me so intentional in not only having options for myself, but making sure I give options to my children so that we can all afford to be pre- to be present in each other's lives. A wise teacher, you know, of mine told me that until a man has something of their own, how can he give? Give to yourself first and learn to walk before you lead your flock. And that brings me to the end of this part of this episode. I hope it has helped someone, even if it's just one person, keep on fighting. Please send me your messages as it would be great to hear your thoughts on similar battles and grow together. Thank you.